Welcome to season one of Scientists for Social Justice, a podcast where a student and her professor discuss issues of social justice in the higher education system, especially as they relate to the scientific disciplines. We highlight and discuss work done by amazing scientists from diverse backgrounds, celebrate the accomplishments of scientists from historically marginalized groups, review literature, and talk with guest speakers about actionable solutions that lead to impactful change. Welcome to the first episode of Scientists for Social Justice. This is a podcast in which a student and her professor discuss issues of social justice in the higher education system, especially as they relate to the scientific disciplines. We are excited to highlight and discuss work done by amazing scientists from diverse backgrounds, celebrate the accomplishments of scientists from historically marginalized groups, review exciting new literature, and talk with guest speakers about actionable solutions that lead to impactful change. I am Dr. Laura McDonald, and I am an assistant professor here at Hendricks College in the Department of Biology and Health Sciences. And I am uh, Jayla King, and I am a junior here at Hendricks College, and I'm majoring in biology um, with a minor in religious studies. So we are super excited to bring you our first episode. And in the spirit of honoring and hearing from amazing scientists from diverse backgrounds, the first thing that we wanted to do was to, to interview one of our hosts. So I'm super excited to be in the interview position today. And I'm excited to talk with Jayla. Um, who I've known now for three and a half years, right? Is it three and a half? Or two and a half. Two and a half. I, I count your senior year, right? So I, I, I think it's three and a half. I, th I think we're going on at least three years. Yeah. Um, so Jayla, uh, I, yes, I just want to sort of give our listeners an introduction to you, right? So I've had the privilege of working with you now for three years, or at least that's what I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> So tell us a little bit about what you're studying and how you found yourself here at Hendricks. So it's always one of my favorite questions to ask people. Well, it all first started um, because I used to come here to Hendricks and play AAU basketball when I was in middle school. So I had heard about the school, um, but I never really put much thought into um, me actually attending this school um, once I graduated high school. Um, so um, I played basketball um, in high school and one of the coaches from Hendricks um, uh, attended one of my games um, for my last high school basketball game. And they told me, they was like, we want you at Hendricks. We want you to come and play at Hendricks. So I was excited. I was like, wow, a basketball team, college basketball team wants me to play with them. So uh, me and my mom, we visited Hendricks and came here and I loved the campus. Um, just from stepping on the campus, I felt the community and um, just walking into the Welcome Center, everyone was just happy. And I just felt like um, Hendricks wanted me to be at this college. So um, we toured the school and um, yes, I just, I just fell in love with it. So um, I was like, okay, mom, I want to go here. Um, and so then we saw about like the financial aid part of things and like, you know, how much the school costs. And uh, my mom was like, you know, well, baby, we're not going to be able to afford that. And I was like, yes, ma'am. So um, my hopes kind of got down a little bit. And I was like, you know, maybe Maybe I need to start looking to other schools. My mom was like, no, don't give up yet. She was like, just look online, look at scholarships, um, see what they have to offer. And she was like, you know, maybe we'll use a little bit of something that we have to pay for your school. So I went looking online and um, 
did a lot of searching, and I finally came across a uh, scholarship that was offered to 10 students for over two years, and it was called the STEM Scholars Program. And uh, this scholarship allowed um, 20 students over two cohorts to attend um, Hendrix um, paid in full. So they were allowed to have um, opportunities over the summer to do research or whatever things they were interested in and um, able to live in a community um, with each other. And basically, all these students had an interest in science in the STEM field. And this is what I was interested in. And I was like, like, you know, I want to apply for this. So I ended up applying with thanks to God, I did. I was able to receive the scholarship. Dr. McDonald and Dr. Moran and um, Mr. Mrs. Lee and uh, Mrs. Zorwick, they all participated in um, introducing us into the college when um, came here to Hendricks. Really just kind of looking at like, you know, why I wanted to focus in on science. When I was little, um, my dad, he used to buy Legos. He would buy <laughs> Legos and he would bring them to the house. And so like on the outside of the box, you have um, just this picture of a house or an animal or a vehicle. And I'm just, I was just like amazed. I was like, wow, I want to, you know, I, I want to um, pull that out of the box. So you open the box and it's just all these little pieces and, you know, the, it isn't put together. And I'm just wondering, I was like, you know, okay, how do you put this together? And then you have like this booklet that has the instructions. So I was too young to actually understand which piece went with what. So my dad would end up putting it together for me and it looked exactly like what was on the box. And so from building Legos is where my curiosity started from how things work and how things come together. And um, it was when I received my first little furry friend <laughs> in first grade um, that I fell in love with animals. Um, it was a little Shih Tzu dog. And um, I just fell in love with animals and just the idea of how things come together and how things work. And um, I really had a desire just to work with animals, whether that was with me being a veterinarian or working in wildlife, have a job that would allow me to conserve species like, you know, that aren't able to protect themselves. So, yeah. So this is, um, you know, super exciting. So from Legos to research experiences. So I know that's one of the things that you've done since you've been here. And so, you know, with that in mind, it, you've, you've had quite a journey in getting here. Um, but since you've been at Hendrix, what are some of your favorite experiences or some of your favorite opportunities? What are some of the yeah. most like impactful things that have happened to you since you've been here at Hendrix? My freshman summer, I traveled to Alaska uh, to do research with uh, an amazing doctor. His name is Dr. Gantz. And um, three other students also um, attended with me. And so we traveled to Alaska for two weeks. And we went there and we stayed on the farm. And we lived in tents outside. And the whole time it was sunny, the whole day, 24 hours of sunlight. So it was an amazing experience um, just being able to do something that I've never done before and just being so far away from home because like I've never been um, past a state that doesn't touch Arkansas. So that was another thing. And also flying and just really the whole experience of just being there and actually doing research um, is, was something that was new to me also. So we stayed on the farm and uh, the farm was a peony farm. So it had all these beautiful flowers. And what we were focusing on was the insects that were affecting those flowers. So you had some insects that were helping and then some that were kind of very harmful to those flowers. So 
we were trying to come up with an insect guide that will allow the farmers to identify these insects and um, know whether they should use tools to get rid of those insects that um, weren't helpful to their to their uh, farm. But also, like on the other side, on with fun things, we were able to travel to Denali National Park and see one of the tallest mountains in North America. And we also wouldn't say we got attacked by a bear, but a bear <laughs> did push our car over a little bit while we were traveling in uh, Denali. Um, and then we also, since there weren't any hot showers that we were able to um, use, we took baths in rivers and in little creeks um, like we, while we were traveling through the state. It was really an amazing experience. That is um, one that I continue to look at and understand, you know, like there are opportunities out there if you take hold of them. And like it has created an interest in me in research and not just like focusing really on insects because um, insects may not be my thing, but um, I've seen us like, okay, research, this, this is something that I really want to do and maybe focusing in on more mammals. Another thing at Hendrix, um, I know it really doesn't like tie in with science, but um, it was freshman year coming into campus, uh, shirt tails. Um, it was like the <laughs> the first week. Um, so shirt tails is a competition that uh, the freshman dorms have. It's like a, it's a dance competition that freshman dorms, they compete against each other for uh, the shirt tails trophy. So the dorm that I stayed in was rainy and rainy had not won in a few, it was a lot of years. It's um, been a while. That's <laughs> been a while. As a former rainy person myself. Yeah. So um, coming, I'm um, coming into um, to rainy um, and hearing about the competition. Um, I really wouldn't consider myself a person that dances a lot. So I was uh, very hesitant to um, participate in, actually came to the conclusion that I was not going to participate. But I had a few friends that encouraged me. It was like, hey, Jayla, you know, we should all do this. You know, we might as well just all go out there together and just have fun. Um, so uh, every night of the of the first week of uh, classes, we were we were practicing for like hours until like it was like from eight to 11. And that Saturday came and we went into the brick pit and gave everything that we had. And we ended up winning shirt tails. So that was an amazing experience just to um, get out of my comfort zone and try something new, um, dancing. <laughs> um, and I ended up having a solo part. So that was um, an, <laughs> that was a fun experience. I'm really sorry I missed that, to be honest. That <laughs> I, I had no idea that you had a solo in shirt tail. That's a big deal, Jayla. That's, that's... It, la it lasted like 10 seconds. So. It doesn't matter. It, it counts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned getting out of your comfort zone, which I think is a, a pretty good segue. Um, so if for you, like what what have been some of the the challenges that you've had here at Hendrix? Um, and it can be like just general or you know, just sort of specific to science, like however you however you want to approach the question. So some challenges have been in my classes, considering that Hendrix is a a college that has some very rigorous classes because um, like understanding from high school where I didn't have to do much studying to get a good grade in the class. Um, I really didn't have to apply myself that much as versus when I came to Hendrix. So like one of my classes, um, which was genetics, um, genetics was a topic that was required for my major. And um, this was a class that I struggled in considering that it wasn't 
very much hands-on versus like my zoology class, which I loved. And I was like, you know, I can do this. Um, genetics was more concept-based and like understanding how to apply these concepts. So it was it was kind of a struggle for me to get through the, the classes, but like with help from um, peer learning and my advisor, Dr. McDonald, who's <laughs> right here, and, and also friends who were um, able to help me in like our study groups. Um, that allowed me to get through the class uh, with a very good grade. Um, another thing that uh, I struggled with is really myself. Coming here, I've had to let myself be successful. reason I say that is because like with my studying habits, um, at freshman year, I expected so much of myself. I was like, okay, we're going to get A's in class. You know, we're going to attend every class, turn in every assignment and give, give my all and everything. And, um, when assignments would return, they wouldn't be the best grades or the best assignments. So I was like, you know, I have to change the way that I'm studying because I can't study the way that I studied in high school. So changing my studying habits was, um, one thing, um, because, not only do I need to be able to regurgitate something on a test, but be able to apply it in a situation or be able to teach it to another student or explain it to the teacher of, you know, exactly what I'm understanding. So um, that is something that I have been able to do and something that I'm still working on. So, um, so like when you say my study habits had to change um, and, I just, you know, so I think it's it's a pretty normal experience to come in and have really high expectations for yourself and yeah. I'm, I'm also a Hendrix alum and I know that you know I I wouldn't say that I didn't have to study in high school but I definitely think that coming here was a step up and especially by the time I got to my sophomore year you know I, I was in for a pretty big shock uh the, the things that I had gotten used to doing were not gonna cut it and I, I think that that's a very typical experience that most Hendrix students have. I, I sort of call it the crucible moment, right? And so once you get through it, um, you know, things yeah. tend to go okay, but it, and it happens for people at different times. So it sounds like for you, this maybe happened your first year here. Um, so sometimes it happens in the first year, sometimes it happens in the second. I've seen people go through it in the third. Um, once you're past it, things are, I wouldn't say smooth, but at least you're ready for it <laughs> the, next, yeah. the next time that it happens. But what kinds of things do you do now as a junior that maybe you didn't do as as a freshman? Because I think it takes like a lot of self-awareness to look back and be like, OK, I've definitely made some changes here. And maybe there are things that, that you can share with others that would be helpful. Um, I guess I would start is the place of where I was studying. Sometimes I would study like freshman year. I would um, study in my room and it would be mostly late at night where I'm tired and I'm actually ready to go to bed. <laughs> so I'm trying to stay up and like, you know, you see that your bed is like right over there. It's like, I really could just go to sleep and like get up early in the morning. So um, just really trying to find a place that's away from your room, um, away from distractions. So like, you know, not being on your phone when you're studying, um, you know, just, and then like also setting um, time space. So like, okay, I'm going to study for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and like, okay, I'm going to give, give me five minutes for a study break or, you know, some water, or maybe I want to play a quick game on my phone to get, you know, get your mind off things and then get back on studying. So really setting a schedule for the way that you're studying. And another thing was, um, freshman year, I 
really didn't go to office hours and ask for help with the professors when I was struggling. I was like, okay, you know, they're going to look at me and think like, oh, she's dumb. She doesn't, you know, know what she's doing. And I kind of felt like that pressure. I was like, okay, I got to handle this all on my own. Like the, the you know, with the way that I'm um, studying and like, you know, the way that my grades are being. So um, that changed because um, freshman year, I would only go to office hours when it was required, when the professor set the meeting. So um, now reaching out to teachers like, okay, you know, if during a lecture you don't understand something and being able to talk to the teacher after the class or setting up a meeting and meeting with them like, okay, I didn't understand this concept that we talked about. Can you go over it again? And, you know, allow them to understand or explain what, you know, what they meant in class in a different manner. Um, another thing is um, working with your peers. So again, freshman year, I did a lot of homework on my, my own. Um, I really didn't make connections in classes I should have because I guess I wouldn't consider myself a um, quiet person, but I, I kind of stay to myself. Like I, I'll only like I'll usually like reach out uh, if it like feels really comfortable. If like you know I feel like okay this is going to go good. So I was a little bit nervous about reaching out to people. Like okay hey you want to study together? Um, so freshman year I really st- um, stayed to myself and tried to um, do a, uh, do a lot of the work on my own. And I, I didn't take that take advantage of the opportunities of peer learning and of tutors that they had in classes um, that I was struggling in. Um, so that's just another thing, like, you know, reaching out to your students. And then also with uh, the STEM Scholars Group, um, really sophomore years when a lot of things changed because we had a um, living learning community where we all lived in the same place. And we had a area where we were able to meet at night and work on our homework together. And most of my classes that I, I was in, um, the other students were in. So I had a community that helped me along the way with like my chemistry homework, where a lot of us had chemistry and um, even genetics and zoology. We were able to like go to the lab and study together and go over the different organisms and um, help each other out. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that you've mentioned a lot of really great points. Like these are all the things that as faculty we say. Um, but it's really nice to hear you say it. I mean, like, these are all super positive things that I engaged, but I'm just wondering, like, for you, where the switch was, you know? So you mentioned that, you know, kind of two things. You started going to office hours, and initially that that was something you were a little bit more reluctant to do. Um, you mentioned that some people were, had required it, that they insisted that you kind of come. So I'm wondering at what at what point did you start going on your own and like what made it better for you to start attending those office hours? You know, like was it sort of necessity or was it all of a sudden something that like you looked forward to that you felt like you were more comfortable with? You know, so you mentioned like initially, like I'm a quiet person until you kind of get to know me or till I feel comfortable with you. Um, you know, because I wouldn't describe you as as like a super quiet person either, uh, now that I know you. But you know, what what happened for you? What, what, where was the switch that you started going to office hours and then also, you know, peer learning? Um, I definitely think the living and learning communities seem to be really helpful for you. But with that office hour thing, like what all of a sudden was the trigger for you starting to go more frequently? I had a professor um, and she did require office hours um, when we had class because it was a it was a writing class. So we had a lot of meetings together where we would review our writing and stuff. So um, 
really, um, she was the one that really opened my eyes to how helpful office hours was. Um, considering like the feedback that I was able to get back on my essays and my poetry that I was writing, um, it didn't, it helped my grade. So I really realized, I really realized, I was like, okay, if this can go this way, if I can get help on my essays and the way that they're structured in office hours, then it can be the same in biology. If I'm struggling with something that I completely don't understand, <laughs> um, I can go and ask the professor for help. Um, and also another thing was the, the living learning community that we were a part of. Um, and just really a lot of my other peers that were going to office hours, like they would talk about it. Like I'll tell them, I was like, okay, guys, like I'm struggling. It was like, why don't you just go to the office hour and like ask your teacher about it? So it was really like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> you guys are going like, you know, okay. Then, um, so that really helped me out. It's like, you know, really like, you know, teachers, the teachers here, they're here, here to help. Like, you know, teach like with the small, the class size that we have, um, the teachers know who you are. They, they, um, you're, you're not just another face in the classroom. Um, so just being able to go to office hours and actually speak with a professor, um, and they actually know who I am and, you know, okay, Dale, I see that you're not talking a lot in class. So, you know, like, let's talk about this. So, um, just knowing that I, I'm valued and, um, from the meeting, I will actually be able to be helped in what I'm struggling with is, yeah, something that helped me out this office hours. Yeah, so it's kind of twofold, right? Like your peers normalized it for you. They're like, dude, go to office hours. It's fine. Um, and then, you know, once you got there, it sounds like you had a positive experience, which is always amazing. Um, so I wanted to come back to something that you said earlier about zoology. Um, and so you were really successful in zoology. So uh, first of all, I feel like you deserve a giant pat on the back because I definitely was not successful in zoology, probably because <laughs> I didn't do the thing that you did, which was that I definitely failed to go to office hours. And um, in general, I didn't want to spend a lot of time in the lab. Uh, so those are probably two things that I should have <laughs> that I needed to have done in order <laughs> to have been successful, as evidenced by what you've done. But you, I, I remember you talking about zoology also and just remembering how enjoyable that you found the class. You know, like I remember like you walked in my office one day and you were just smiling and you were like, this is amazing. And I, I like I looked at you, I think, in my own head and I was like, what are you like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I do not remember zoology in that way. Um, you know, like I didn't do well in it. And it, like now I'm like, that's totally on me that I didn't do well in it. But like, I was just floored by how excited that you were. And so I'm I'm wondering, like, what in that class, you know, worked for you? Like, what about it? How is it structured? And like, um, I know that you had Dr. Deeroff, um, who's who's my colleague. We work on a lot of stuff together. And um, so I know that you you spoke really fondly of her. But what worked for you as part of that class? I first have to say. Um, Dr. Duroff is an amazing professor. Um, just the way that she teaches the class and she goes about things and she's, she comes to class so excited every day. <laughs> like that, that makes me happy. Like when a teacher is like coming to class and she's like, okay guys, are you, are you ready to learn? Um, that like just her excitement and what she brings to the class, um, is something that like, I, I, like, I've like, you know, that's, 
it's it's amazing. You know, the energy that she brought to the class really set the um the bar for okay, you know, this is going to be a good class. And also thinking about it, um the labs, they were hands-on. So we had various organisms and species that would be across the the back of the tables and it look it was a lot. It was a lot. Like we had to remember like all the names of each part of the organism and be able to um, write about it and put it what it is and what it does back on the practical. Um, so, and then also like with the dissections that we were able to do and our project that we were able to work, work on it with our peers, um, just all these things that came into play that just made the, the class um, really successful. It really was that like me and a friend of mine, uh, DeAndre, we put in a lot of time in the lab. Um, we would go after, um, after dinner and we would spend probably like two to three hours in lab just going over the different materials that we needed to know in lab and then also like go back to our living learner community and go over stuff that we learned in class and things that were going to be on the test so just having uh, peers there to help and then an amazing teacher just all was able to just just it was all there just to create this amazing environment of learning. I feel like we need to give Dr. Deeroff a bit of a shout out, especially, you know, under our pandemic circumstances. So I know that she is still bringing the same kind of energy to the online space. And, um, you know, she's doing those dissections online and, you know, just a a monumental effort on her part to keep that class as interesting as possible and as hands on as possible. Um, (laughs) So I remember like last year, it wasn't for zoology, it's for another upper level elective when we went online. She packaged up dissection kits and sent them out to students, right? Um, wow. Which I was like, well, you just blew my mind, you know? Like, that is just <laughs> such, like, it's just so amazing that that, that it was that amazing. level of care and thought that went into her class, you know, that she would take the time to package this stuff up and send it out. So um, I think a great example there of energy and enthusiasm being brought to a classroom and then... You know, I also know from my own experience with Dr. Diropolis, just her willingness to help um, and to be available and to assist with things. Yeah. You know, I think that she's a really kind and compassionate and empathic person who cares just so much about students. And I think that's really reflected in the kind of experience that that you had. Um, and so yeah. is that is that also kind of what you experienced with her? Yes. Um, like what you were saying, um, just being so open to help students. So like after class, um, me and DeAndre, we would like go up to her and be like, okay, Dr. Deroff, like we, we didn't get this. So like, you know, can you help us? And like, she was just so helpful. And then like, even on Friday, she would bring like snacks for us and coffee and chocolate. Like she would have chocolate for us. Um, in office hours, um, she always had her door open. So just being able to go in there and just receiving help for her. So yeah, but it helps when you get to to work side by side with people. So um, awesome. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about um, things that have gone well for you. We've talked about things that have been a little bit challenging for you. Uh, obviously, you're a junior now, uh, and I really yeah. still just can't believe that I'm saying that. So we, we had a moment when you first got here this afternoon. <laughs> I was like, you're a junior um, and I feel like I've had that with all of you guys in the STEM scholar program, right? Where I'm just like, I can't believe that you guys are juniors. Um, and I'm just so sad about it. Like, I'm super proud of all of you, but I'm also just so sad because I know our time is limited. Um, but you do have a year and a half left. 
And so for you, like what what are you still hoping to accomplish while here at Hendrix? So I've already, I've already accomplished a few things that I've wanted to do, like with uh, research, um, working on this podcast, using my, my voice that needs to be heard. Um, but something that I still want to work on is just um, me being uh, a well-rounded person. Um, and what I mean by that is once I leave Hendrix, um, being able to not only do well in the field of, of whatever I decide to do, but also on the other side, things like with um, just staying healthy and exercising and um, understanding how the financial part of things work with like, you know, paying your house and bills and insurance. Um, so just overall being able to take my experiences from Hendrix and use those um, after college. Um, another thing is um, I want to be, uh, I wouldn't say fluent in Spanish, but I would want to um, be able to read and uh, make my way around um, a Spanish-speaking country. Um, so I, while since I've been here at Hendrix, I've taken um, two classes in Spanish, and I've had amazing professors um, who've um, taught me in those classes. Um, so I, I can somewhat understand a little bit, but I want to be able to um, understand it more. So like. I have a, a app called Duolingo and it allows me to um, work on Spanish uh, here and there a few times a day. So another thing is I want to travel to another country and experience another culture. Um, I almost had that opportunity uh, this past summer, but uh, due to everything um, in, in place of that, I was able to do more things also. But um, I think that would really just open my eyes to uh, this world that we're living in because um, growing up from where I've came, where I've come from, and um, both sides of of my parents, um, it's all all has made me to who I am. Um, but there are still more things that can shape me in who I am as a person. And I think just being able to um, experience different cultures, and I think we we will be able to do that. And I know we will, we will be able to do that um, in the working workings of this podcast when we're meeting with these various scientists and uh, people who come from various backgrounds and um, various cultures will be able to understand how they have been able to achieve what they, what they have done in the sciences. So you've mentioned a lot of stuff that isn't actually science based. Um, in fact, you've done that throughout the entire podcast. So I think this is one of the most amazing things that you can get out of a liberal arts education. Um, and uh, this is sort of something interesting, right? So I remember when you and I talked about the idea of you pursuing a religious studies minor. Um, and I remember telling you, like, yes, I also did that. Um, and I, I often feel like so many of the things that I learned at Hendrix uh, outside of my science classes were super fundamental to the job that I'm doing now. Um, and that I feel like they often make me a better scientist. Um, and so looking to the future and looking to sort of the things that, that you've been talking about, what, what do you think a career looks like for you after Hendrix? A lot of things come to mind um, when you ask that. But um, so I really want to do something with uh, wildlife, something, um, something like a wildlife conservationist or even a veterinarian. 
or um, something that's helpful to animals um, that allow them to have um, an environment where they're able to thrive and live. Because um, understanding with the things that are happening on our earth with like climate change and um, the effects that these animals are experiencing due to um, things that we as humans have um, done to their environment that have um, even desolated some species and um, almost brung them to um, extinction. So um, just being able to um, help these animals is um, something that I want to do. But I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like, whether that's in uh, research or something in the medical field. But Hey, look, I mean, I think it's totally fine to be in the fall semester of your junior year and still have your journey ahead of you. Uh, <laughs> I remember for me as a junior, I actually was still pretty sure that I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, and I had been doing research with uh, Dr. Goodwin, who was in the chemistry department. I've been doing research with him since I was a sophomore. Um, and as part of that, he sent me to Africa uh, as part of our Odyssey program. And I came back and I thought, I definitely don't think that I want to be a veterinarian. But having been to Africa, it, it for me, it opened up an entirely new world. And after that, I was sort of like, I don't know what I want to do. Um, and it was a full year later until I figured out that I was going to go to grad school. So you still have time and you will you will find your way forward at the right moment. So, you know, as we start to to bring this to a close, you mentioned earlier that, you know, doing this podcast was an opportunity for you to use your your voice. Um, and so I remember us talking about this after or during really during the Black Lives Matter protests. And um, I was super excited when you had texted me that day. And it just felt like a really good opportunity um, to talk to you about it. So yeah, I'm just wondering from your perspective, you know, why why this podcast? Why now? Um, you know, I'm definitely super proud of you for for taking advantage and, and deciding to be part of this. It feels like a huge honor to me to be working with you on this project. Um, but for you, why now? Why here? Why this podcast? Um, so just um, looking back at the events that have occurred um, earlier this summer, um, close to the end of our uh, spring semester, um, we had a lot of innocent lives being taken by um, by the police um, um, forces who are supposed to be here to protect us. And um, there ended up being sad, sad outcomes to this. And um, I saw a lot of people protesting and um, going down the streets. And like um, even on my sister's social media, I saw a lot of people like posting Black Lives Matter and um, doing a blackout. And um, I had someone say, you know, like, hey, Jay, like, why aren't you posting things? Like, you know, why aren't you? protesting and to me it felt like you know these things are important but like you know what are they actually changing um so it was um something that um i really came to the knowledge of i was like okay i need to do something that acts actually changes the injustices that are happening in our society whether that's um for people at work or even for students at school or um even just for someone who's just walking down the street and um, are mar marginalized based on what they look like and um, their their sex, their gender, or their race, or the their culture that they're in. Um, I really want to do something that 
would change these things and bring about solutions that could address these situations that um, we're facing. And so um, that that is when I emailed you or we had sent it, we had messaged each other and you were asking me, you know, how I was doing. And I, I just think it was just perfect timing because um, <laughs> I, I really just came to a realization. I was OK, I have a voice and it needs to be used um, in a way that um, I feel that is impactful. And um, that's that's when you asked me, <laughs> did I want to uh, join your podcast? And um, I was just super excited for the opportunity. And it really was going to allow me to um, use my voice. Um, cause I've, I've spoken a few times um, in front of a crowd, but um, just being able to do this podcast um, will allow a lot of people to um, hear what we have to say and, like, you know, the other scientists that um, we'll be bringing on. What kind of impactful change would you like to see, um, you know, either here at Hendricks or in the sciences more broadly? You know, so obviously our topic list is going to be fairly wide. I think there's so many things that we could talk about. But you know, for you, what kind of impactful change would you like to see um, going forward? Um, one thing that I would like to see is um, a more diverse faculty um, here at Hendricks. And I, I believe this is something that Hendricks um, is working on and pushing forth. Because, um, yeah, we've, we've seen it this past semester and um, even um, years before. So I know it's something that that's in progress. So I believe it's something that they should continue to push forward so um, we can have various representations across the board and, you know, the various classifications of um, classes. Um, another thing is um, I want to see more classes that focus on various cultures. Um, so like for me, with me being a religious um, studies minor, um, there were some classes that um, were set were offered on the website and um, when taking my religious studies courses and actually being able to apply for classes um, at the beginning of the semester, um, these classes weren't actually on the the list due to um, some professors not being available and um, teachers only teaching certain um, certain classes. So um, just being able to have opportunities to learn about more cultures, about various cultures in uh, different classes um, is something. And then also um, more opportunities for uh, students, for minorities to even come to a private liberal arts college or just colleges in general. And just actually having a way to pull in more students who are looking into the sciences but are not actually sure whether they will be able to be successful in this field. I don't know exactly what this is going to look like, but a way that students can be aware that, okay, I can have a successful career in science and the opportunities are available for them to pursue this career. A way that will allow to bring more minorities into science and um, even more women um, into science that will show them that they can have a successful career in science. Yeah, I think that all these are really important points and um, they are definitely all things that, that I think that as a campus we're working on. Um, I think we continue to grow as a campus in terms of diversity and uh, these continue to be issues that, that we care about. And I, I'm glad to hear you talk about them as well. Um, so as we sort of wrap up our interview, um, it's actually sort of difficult for me to believe that we are almost at the end of our allotted time for today, believe it or not. Um, but as we sort of wrap up, 
you know, you've spent a lot of time talking about your journey so far and, you know, what you hope to accomplish going forward. Um, so what would you say to other students who are thinking about pursuing a career in science? Um, and especially what would you say to, to other students of color who are thinking about pursuing a career in science? Grab hold of the opportunities that are before you. This is something that I think a lot of students need to hear because um, you see the opportunities and sometimes you're afraid and you're not sure whether you're going to be successful in this path that you take because maybe someone in your family or, you know, what it looks like in your family, it's very different from what they're doing. So this is like a new path that you're taking and you may not have so much support coming from uh, people around you. For me, so... Uh, my mom, she um, she's a nurse, and my sister is also. Uh, when I was in high school, I was still like trying to figure out. I was okay. I love science. But I was like, okay. I'm not sure what a career is going to look like in science, or whether I'll be able to take all these science classes in college. So my mom had told me she was like, you know, just major in nursing. She was like, you know, just take the nursing path. It's secure. You may have a good job. She was like, you know, the world is always going to need nurses. And I was, I, I felt, I was like, okay, that is partially true. But I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> nursing is something that I want to do. Like, you know, it's not something that I love. So just to the students who aren't sure, like, okay, yeah, your family may be doing something else. But if this is something that you love, something that you want to be a part of, don't be afraid. Take, take this opportunity because with science, there is so much that you can do. Um, there are jobs out there that you don't even know exist. So um, if there is something that you want to do, I'm pretty sure there, there is a job for it that, that you can take hold of. Another thing is to be patient with yourself. Um, when I came in freshman year, I was expecting to have all the best grades and just to break down all my study habits that I had in high school. And it it wasn't that easy. It, it didn't it didn't um it didn't all come at once. It you just have to be patient with yourself and understanding, okay, this is a growing process. It's not gonna all come at once. So allow yourself to grow um in science. Um step out and take new opportunities. Learn to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So speak with people that that don't look like you. Use your voice in class. Don't be afraid to to speak up because you're scared the answer is going to be wrong. It may be difficult um, if you're the only minority in the class or um, there's a few num a few numbers of you, but use your voice and yeah, share what you have to say because it's, it's very important. Um, it's very important. Yeah, it's important to hear those voices in our classrooms. Right. It's important to be seen and it's important to elevate them. And, you know, I would say most of the time what's going to happen with a faculty member is that they are going to go ahead and validate that experience. Right. It sounds like that's the experience that you've had. And I think that's what we all strive for is to actually validate it and say, yes, let's keep hearing that. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't mean that if the answer is necessarily incorrect, that, it, you know, we won't take the time to correct it. But um, my hope is that it's always delivered with with care and kindness. So um, I think that those are fantastic words and um, super excited to have gotten to share this afternoon with you. Um, it has been ages since I've actually seen you in person. Like we've been staring at these little screens for the past six months. And um, I, I remember, you know, when, when we shut down back in the spring, 
I remember texting all of you and just I went home that day. It was a Friday. And I, I looked at my husband. And I said, they're all gone. Like, they're they're just all gone. Um, he was like, you know, they're going to be back. And I was like, yeah, but they're all gone now. Um, and it was so sad because you guys all left and I didn't even get a real chance to say goodbye to most of you. Um, like in person, you know, like I just wanted to give you a hug and make sure that you are you were OK. And, you know, I'll never forget like you and Dre. Uh, phone messaged me in like the end of May or maybe it was beginning of early June. Um, and I said, I get this message from DeAndre is like, Dr. McDonald, can I talk to you? Which in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, like what's happening? What's wrong? <laughs> is everything OK? I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm free. And so he texts me and he, he you guys call me on Teams and he's in your car. And all I know, I just see you guys. And like it was the best moment that I had that day. It was just so exciting to to see you guys. But this afternoon has also been a lot of fun. It's been been great to have you back on campus. And um, we are physically distant, so we're in, in different rooms. But um, <laughs> at least outside, it was really nice to see you as a real human being in person. And um, this has been great. So thank you for, for sharing everything that you have. And we will be back in a few weeks with our next episode. So Stay tuned for episode two of Scientists for Social Justice. See you guys soon. For more information on Hendricks College, please join us at hendricks.edu or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hendricks College. Thanks for listening.